we go, episode number 42 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and keeping safe. This episode is with uh, Rianne Adams, who's a coach out here in Dubai. She actually specializes in pre and postnatal fitness. She's actually a tutor, so she's got loads of experience in this field, uh, a field that I don't know too much about, hence why I'm doing this podcast, because I wanted to learn and I find this is the best way to learn and I wanted to share that experience with you as well. So I think it's really important um, after speaking with Rianne, particularly for, you know, male trainers as well to understand, um, you know, what's going on, what to consider in regards to pre and postnatal fitness, uh, whether that's exercise selection, intensity during the pregnancy and things to consider when uh, someone is returning back to fitness as well. Obviously, both really, really important times. Um, and we touched on them and Rianne gave us some really good examples um, you know, of the physical side of it, things we need to consider. But then we also went into a little bit of detail on the mental side of it as well. And we just opened up about, um, you know, expectations after having a baby, uh, you know, the role of social media and that type of stuff as well. Um, Rianne was presenting on the Fine Fit People um, Health and Fitness Summit a few weeks ago that I was on as well. And I caught some of it. And that's the reason that I got her on because she just put it really, really, uh, in good context for, you know, for someone like myself, who who is a health and fitness professional, a trainer dealing with females, um, I think it's super important to just know that at least the basics of uh, pre and postnatal fitness. So that's what we did. We also went through, uh, I, I got asked a question from one of the members regarding the menstrual cycle, uh, health, uh, sorry, nutrition, exercise selection, managing cravings through that time. And I thought this was no better time to uh, get Rianne to answer it. So I learned from that. So there's loads and loads in this podcast. Uh, it's a great one. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, go and check Rianne out. So let's get started. Rianne, how are you doing? Uh, great, thank you. Both kids are asleep, so it's a nice quiet hour of the day. Oh, perfect. I caught you at a good time then. Rianne, do you want to yeah. just give yourself a little, little bit of an introduction to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Rian. I'm a mum of two. I have a little girl called Sarah and she's two and a half. And I have a little boy who's four and a half months old called Samson. I'm a prenatal tutor for Body Hack. I'm a prenatal coach and I'm currently studying to finish my doula certification. I've been in the fitness industry now for about 18 years and I have a huge passion for helping women stay fit and healthy through pregnancy and um, helping them with postpartum recovery to become a fit and strong mum. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Great introduction as well. And I guess what I want to ask is, so obviously you've been in the fitness industry for lo such a long time. So I guess, did your transition start from kind of, you know, being a personal trainer, being in the fitness industry, and then you gradually got to the position where you are now, maybe through, you know, you having children and that type of stuff? Yeah, a couple of years before I started having children, I started getting really passionate about, you know, fit and healthy pregnancies. Um, you know, I first started, you know, training the average Jane, then I went on to training physique athletes, um, and then high performance athletes, and then more local Arabic clients. Um, and now I've moved into a pre and postnatal field, which I absolutely love. So... Yeah. And I always think that's great. And I was speaking to like Ross was on the podcast long ago. I know, you know, Ross as well. And we yeah. were talking about because he's, uh, you know, he's been on all these different avenues of, um, you know, different styles of training and stuff that he's really honed in on what his kind of niche is now. 
And I think it's great someone, you know, like you've done as well. You've been in different, you know, you've worked with high level athletes, you've worked with different clientele, and now you've found that this is what you probably enjoy yeah. doing and this is what you want to do as well. Um, before we go into this, like people are probably thinking, why is Joff doing a podcast on like coffee with Joffy <laughs> on pregnancy and pre and postnatal and stuff like that? But the truth is, I don't know a lot about it. Um, and one of the things that this podcast is great for is that I get to listen and take things in. And I just found that I'm learning so much through doing it. Um, a lot of the people that I train and a lot of my clients that I deal with are uh, females who have children or people that are, um, you know, maybe have had children or they're going to have children. So I think as a professional, it's up to me to, you know, learn the basic understanding. And Einstein has a famous quote, I think it's something like, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you, you don't know what it is. So I've taken that quite literally. So this is your platform to teach me. And obviously okay. you can talk to the <laughs> listeners as well. So let's jump into it. Uh, just nice and kind of general, how important is exercise during pregnancy, both pre and post? So prenatally, I mean, it's important for the health of you as a mum and for the baby. So here in the UAE, for instance, uh, gestational diabetes is quite common. Um, so things like keeping a fit and healthy pregnancy will lower that risk. Um, exercise will control your blood sugar. It means less unnecessary weight gain. It means less aches and pains. Um, it means staying strong for motherhood, staying aerobically fit and, you know, having that increase of circulation that can help with things that you may experience during your pregnancy, cramping, swelling, varicose veins, help with um, placenta health, delivering nutrients to the baby. Um, it can also help prepare you for labor and delivery, which everyone wants a quicker and faster labor. Um, you know, staying strong around the birth canal, keeping a strong core, strong pelvic floor can all help you when it comes to labor and birth as well. Um, postnatally, Keeping fit and healthy, again, is key in terms of rehabilitating your body, reconnecting your abdominal muscles, which I'm sure we'll go into um, a little bit further on. Um, you know, promoting neutral alignment again and getting a strong posture back um, and then gradually and progressively becoming a fit and strong mum again. So there are so many benefits. Um, actually, the three quarters of pregnant women actually don't get the recommended amount of exercise which is five times 30 minutes a week so my passion is to change that you know by promoting all these benefits um and helping women feel a lot better during their pregnancy as well i just listening to you list all of them off then and it was impressive and i guess it's the same as you know me trying to promote someone to exercise as well you go like what are the benefits of exercising generally and you could just list off you know 10 hundreds of different points and it, it sounds like it's exactly the same for pregnancy as well is it um you know how much different is your training for i know this is quite a general statement but someone who is already training versus maybe someone's not training as much uh, let's go with that person the person who's maybe not training as much before their pregnancy getting into some sort of training what does that look like uh, well, first of all, there's, you know, some people think if I haven't exercised before, maybe I can't exercise during pregnancy, but there's no better time to start. So, you know, just like if we weren't pregnant, we want to start gradually and progressively and we want to protect ourselves and make sure we're safe. So things like walking and swimming can be done without instruction, uh, without, you know, supervision. And, but again, you want to be progressive and gradual 
So you may want to start with two or three times of 15 minutes of walking or swimming per week. And then maybe every two weeks, add maybe two minutes on. Um, there are precautions that you need to take through the trimesters. Um, prenatal classes are always very safe and supportive environment. So the instructor will be qualified enough to modify exercises depending on which trimester you're at and which stage of the pregnancy. Um, when it comes to body weight training and resistant training, that's when we need to be a little bit more um, cautious and a pre and postnatal uh, trainer is, you know, is recommended. So things like um, after the first trimester, we want to be um, avoiding flexing the spine. So any crunch like mo motion. So things like getting up from bed, we want to do things like log roll out to the side. So go down onto the exercise mat on our sides, come up off the side. Um, as the uterus grows and your bump grows, your baby grows, uh, the abdominal muscles start to separate. The connective tissue in between, like the six-pack muscles, rectus abdomini, starts to stretch. And this gap in between can be worsened through flexing the spine. So we want to avoid that. Things like joint laxity. So when you're, when you're pregnant, your joints are a little bit more lax because of the relaxing hormone. So you want to be, um, you want to make sure you have a longer warm up and a longer cool down as opposed to someone who's not pregnant. And be careful when it comes to things like stretching, holding stretches too long, going deep into stretches, any advanced comp complicated stretches like doing the splits or frog stretches. You want to avoid things like that. Um, lying on your back during pregnancy after say week 16, you want to be a bit more cautious. Uh, because you know the size on the bump is increasing, the weight is increasing, and that weight can uh, put pressure on the vena cava, the largest vein in the body, which can make you a little bit dizzy. So um, thinking of alternative exercises to lying down flat, like incline dumbbell press instead of flat, uh, stretch your kneeling or standing instead of on the mat, um, you want to be cautious of that. The intensity of exercise as opposed to not being pregnant, you want to keep Say on a scale of one to 10, you want to keep it around, say, a five or a six or a moderate intensity. Um, the talk test is a great indicator. So, you know, if you're able to talk during your exercise, you know that the intensity is generally okay. Yes, um, that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. So let's yeah. flip on the other side. I, the first person okay. I said was uh, maybe someone who's not exercised before. What about that person who, and you know, you, you see videos of it all over the internet, like, you know, pregnant ladies who are already like CrossFit athletes and that type of stuff, training still quite heavily through their pregnancy. You know, you've listed all those things that they need to consider then. And it was interesting you just said about the training intensity. Is there kind of like an area in terms of it's personal to you in terms of like what levels you can hit? Because I'm sure someone who's, you know, training five, six days a week at a real high intensity, that kind of uh, change, obviously their, their aims and goals are going to change through being pregnant, but it'll be, it might be a hard pill to swallow, you know, letting your intensity drop. Yeah, it is a personal thing. And the truth is, there's not much research gone into taking your heart rate that high. Um, I mean, short bursts of high heart rates could be safe, but maintaining that high heart rate, you know, could bring some risks. And the truth is, there's, there's not enough research gone into it. Um, the, in, the scale of the intensity, it used to be based on heart rate. Don't take your heart rate above 140. Um, 
but now it's based on the RPE scale, rate of perceived exertion. It means that you know one woman may hit a six out of 10 with a heart rate of 120, um, but another woman could be at a heart rate of 165 and have a intense, you know, an intensity of six out of 10. Um, so it's a lot more personal. It's a lot more of a realistic scale. In terms of social media and people still, you know, CrossFit athletes, etc. Um, I, I, you know, athletes have come to me after the pregnancy with very severe diastasis recti because of the, the big intra-abdominal pressure that they are experiencing during heavy lifting and having to have surgery. So this is why I don't like some of the things I see on social media because I'm thinking, you know, obviously they're going to suffer consequences afterwards and it's encouraging people to, to do the same. So in terms of heavy lifting, you want to, you know, maybe stay below 70% of your one rep max um, to keep things safe. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think uh, like even just one of the first points that you said about, you know, uh, log rolling out of bed and crunching and just, you actually, you know, I didn't realize how much of an effect that can have, not necessarily uh, like an instant effect on your pregnancy but what that can do after and I think like listening to you speak now that you have a, a good broad range of examples maybe clients that you've worked with in the past knowing what their training history is knowing what their training regime was through their pregnancy is it kind of like you, you learn through seeing different ways of doing things because there's no one size fits all right exactly every woman's pregnancy journey is different and every consecutive pregnancy is different as well like my pregnancies have been completely different um but one thing i want to say about the athletes as well is that um you know if you are used to doing something so it you know i may not promote i may not encourage someone to keep doing the splits through pregnancy yet if it's something that their body is conditioned to doing they may feel comfortable doing it all through the trimesters um you may see an athlete maybe squatting 120 kilos but pre-pregnancy she was lifting 200 kilos yeah so she has significantly dropped her weight which some people don't realize you know some people see me lifting you know deadlifting say uh, 80 or 90 kilos but the truth is that's quite a significant drop for me i'm not you know staying at my one rep max i've significantly dropped my weight yeah i guess what's um, quite obvious from this is just going out and and speaking to people and speaking to people like yourself and getting advice and and through your pregnancy as well so I guess that leads me on to the importance of working with a trainer. Now, I don't necessarily mean going and working one-to-one, -one, but getting advice, um, getting advice from someone who is qualified as pre-postnatal because, I don't know, I might be throwing a, a, I don't know, wood into the fire now in terms of like, is there, you might see this more than I do, but people that uh, are pregnant who get into that side of training and get into that, maybe they're a personal trainer before, they have their own children. There's, there's nothing wrong with this as long as they're doing it safely. Do you see um, a lot of people kind of getting into your area? I, I think you know what I'm getting at here, getting into your area who aren't necessarily qualified. How important is it to have that background, those separate qualifications? I mean, you want to protect yourself. Um, so I think the first thing to do is to make sure that you have the doctors go ahead to work out, to make sure that there's no complications um, and that, you know, it's a low risk pregnancy or postpartum that it hasn't been any complications since the birth. Um, secondly, for a trainer, I would 
definitely make sure you have a modified PACU so that you know the history of the client in terms of previous pregnancies, current pregnancies, um, a doctor's signature to say that, you know, um, if, you know, if the, if the lady had a C-section or, you know, multiple birth or um, any complications that the doctor signed you off and you're able to exercise. Uh, but every trimester and postpartum brings its own symptoms and experiences. So to have this education behind you can help you modify things, adapt things and stay safe and also be confident training your client or for you to you know, be confident training yourself. So, I mean, the body can respond in different ways. Um, yeah, it's completely dependent. And that's why it, there's no black or white. Yeah, so I was going to, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, cause I could have, and I've had this plenty of times before, uh, you know, maybe someone that I'm training their wife, um, just had a baby. Can I potentially go and train someone? And me as a trainer, the experience I've got, you know, I've been doing it a long time as well. Like I'm fairly sure that I can modify and scale exercises as and when needed. Um, but I don't necessarily know what the knock-on effect is that, that is going to be. And I guess that's the point that I was getting to. Um, someone like yourself knows, you know, the risk of someone who's crunching during their pregnancy a lot or, you know, like we discussed before, versus someone who isn't, the, the ramifications of what happens there. Yeah, I mean, so postpartum, you want to, you know, your client, you, you want to make sure that the abdominals have come, have healed back together before doing things like circuit training or anything that really increases the abdominal pressure, like the crunches or even things like pull-ups or heavy squats or even dips uh, or planks, you know, they increase the abdominal pressure as well. Um, things like the pelvic floor. So things like you want to avoid impact until the pelvic floor is able to, is strong enough to be able to do those movements. Um, joint laxity. So the relaxing hormone I mentioned stays stays high up to 10 weeks after giving birth. So this means that the joints are a little bit more lax still, which means you're more prone to injury. So you want to be, you know, like I said, longer warm up, longer cool down, avoid um, really pressurizing those joints in certain movements and through stretching and, you know, things like that. And also going more gradually and progressively um, with the weight increase as well. Yeah. So almost having, um, once you're getting back into training, you've been given the go ahead to almost having your own kind of like routine or regime that you go through before yeah. you go in and even not necessarily a circuit class, but even just like a strength and conditioning class, you still have your modify exercises in there, but you've taken yeah. the time, maybe 20 or 30 minutes to kind of prime your body ready to go and do that as well. I just want to yeah, go down, absolutely. um, talking about like, we've talked quite a lot about the physical side of it and I'm sure there's plenty more as well, but you know, postnatal, what about the mental side of it? What do you see working with your clientele? Uh, let me just give you an example. Like I said before, I work with a lot of females and you know, the conversation sometimes revolve, revolves around social media and, you know, looking at young 21 year old girls who are doing booty band workouts in you know, amazing shape. Um, and it's, it's kind of like pacing the fault, painting a false um, image of what people can get to. Do you find that a lot as well? Yeah, definitely. Like I would encourage women to, you know, ignore that message that the, the, the media is portraying that, um, you know, you can bounce back in six weeks postpartum. Um, and, you know, motherhood is such an extraordinary, amazing journey, but 
there are plenty of challenges that come with it. It's hard. It's really hard, you know. Um, being a mother taking care of your children, being a wife uh, taking care of your household, still focusing on your career, and it can get quite overwhelming and exhausting. So it is important that we don't compare. And, um, you know, some women do bounce back quick, but they are in the minority. And the truth is, it's safer you know, to lose, to go back to our pre-pregnancy shape slower so that it's more achievable, more maintainable. Um, and also it just gives us chance to be ready, you know, not rush back, take time with our kids and get into routine and get into patterns of, you know, sleeping and eating, you know, the, the baby's routine. Um, and it's, it's a time to embrace motherhood and also be patient and kind to ourselves and trust our body that, you know, just as our body miraculously changed to accommodate our baby growing inside of us and um, trust that our body will go back to how it was before. And um, it's a time for lots of self-compassion and it's a time for, yeah, for patience and just taking small steps, you know, back to where we used to be small steps forward in terms of not, thinking about weight loss but thinking of becoming more active and not thinking of thinking about dieting but thinking about eating nourishing and healthy foods you know having that different approach um but it, it's tough it's really tough being um be, being a mum and finding time to schedule you know things like exercise or you know making sure that you you know you eat well because your priorities have changed. You know, your ultimate priority is looking after your children and you almost become last, you know? So it takes time to realize that, you know what, exercise and looking after my health does actually need to be a priority so that I can be better for, you know, everyone else. No, I think you summed it up perfectly there. And I'm, I'm sure so many people are listen to this and, and can completely relate to that as well. Let's, um, how much emphasis do you put on, obviously, we know exercise, the benefits and, and stuff. How much uh, emphasis do you put on like non-exercise activity? Is that a big kind of component once someone's, um, you know, pregnant or, you know, postnatal? Is that something that you talk about, you know, going for walks with the baby and stuff like that? Absolutely. I mean, um, in the first stages of postpartum recovery, um, there's two things that you maybe encourage yourself to do your pelvic floor exercises and walking outside in the fresh air with your baby, clearing your head, um, getting that exercise in, but nothing that's too strenuous for your body if it's not ready. It takes around six weeks, you know, for you to get that go ahead, for you to move on to more strenuous exercises. Um, so you want to, you can do gentle exercises like mobilizing your joints, um, some abdominal connection breathing or some glute activation. Um, but you want to keep things gentle, uh, but those particular things can, can promote healing and can help relieve aches and pains postpartum as well. But before moving on to any of the strenuous stuff, make sure you have the go ahead, make sure your abdominals are heal, healed back together, make sure your pelvic floor is strong enough and, um, you know, you're not forcing yourself out the door that you're ready to, to take those next steps. Can we go into pelvic floor a little bit more and in particular just some uh, like 
most people will, will probably understand what that means, but I want to get like more of a practical example of that. Like maybe just give us two or three exercises that are really going to help benefit, um, you know, improving the pelvic floor. Okay. So pelvic floor contractions, um, can be done brushing your teeth. Okay. So usually doing your pelvic floor contractions, no one can tell that you're doing them. Um, so when you find out you're pregnant, that's when you want to start doing your pelvic floor exercises. When you've given birth, you're able to straight away start doing your pelvic floor exercises. It used to be when you finished bleeding, but now um, they say that you can do them straight away. So um, contracting and relaxing our pelvic floor is key. We want to do um, fast pelvic floor contractions and slow pelvic floor contractions. So for instance, the, the fast ones, squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, are are um, enable us to help us catch a sneeze, you know, without losing bladder control. And then you've got the endurance and the hold, so the slow, so the hold for six counts, relax for six counts. They can help with like labor. Um, and then they, yeah, postpartum, you want to also do endurance and holds for lifelong health with, health with your pelvic floor. Um, so, a lot of women may not even be able to connect with their pelvic floor. So that's when, um, if you're pre and postnatal qualified, that's when you can help use visualization techniques um, to help your client connect with a pelvic floor before focusing on strengthening, relaxing, and lengthening the pelvic floor. Um, it's almost it's one like... One of the most important things you... Yeah, go on. Sorry, carry on. Uh, lost my trail of thought go on <laughs> i was gonna say that's uh, obviously working with someone like yourself like your job is someone who doesn't know about pelvic floor and you know how to contract relax that type of stuff that can almost be like a foreign language to someone and you're almost like the person who can translate and you know not everybody responds is basic teaching right not everybody responds to the same cue of how to do things so then that might be a way that you can help people to um kind of learn those skills that they need that are ultimately very important yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I find that with um, male coaches, you know, even when they pre and postnatal qualified, which my husband is, you know, there's only so much they can understand in terms of the pelvic floor because, you know, things are differently. Um, but um, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's actually more common that we realize pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, and it's not talked about enough, but it's, um, there's so many different apps apps that we can use now you know to to follow that will send you notifications as reminder but also have intervals that you can follow that do the counts the bleeps um so that you can follow in terms of you know um contracting relaxing and lengthening your pelvic floor as well so there's various different apps uh, my favorite is pfei um which is easy to follow and it will remind you three times a day it will go through the different intervals and it will also progress you through the intervals so that they gradually become harder and harder so you know the time you get to your third trimester um your pelvic floor health is a lot better than when you when you started with yeah that's perfect and that builds into uh, one of the things i talk a lot about about the habit loop and just having that application of reminding you that visual or tactile cue to go and do that obviously consistent consistent habits will build to um you know the end goal that you're trying to get to 
This has been awesome. I've got a question from a listener, but before we go through that, um, and the reason that I'm bringing this one up now, because they asked me and I don't feel super comfortable answering it. And I thought this would be a perfect time to get, to get an answer for it. So, and again, I'm learning, but just before we go into that, um, what does, what does training look like? Someone's, um, you know, they've had a baby, they've done all, they followed their doctor's advice. They've worked with a trainer like yourself or they've gone through their, um, you know, their early training after their pregnancy. And they're kind of in a position now, I don't know what time frame that might be, maybe six months, maybe a year. What does training look like then? Is it different to, you know, what I might promote for someone to do in terms of strength and conditioning? Um, so by, I mean, between six and 12 months, you're probably at the stage where you can go back to your pre-pregnancy routine. Okay. So, I mean, I'm five months postpartum now, um, but it's probably, I'm probably looking at another two months where I was, until I was back to where I was. Um, I think being a mother means a lot more emphasis on um, our posterior chain. So especially like things like the upper back, just because things like we do a lot more carrying of our children. Um, or if you're nursing, I mean, here in the UAE, people nurse their babies up until two years of age. So, you know, they still have that, um, they still have increased weight on their anterior, which means their shoulders are rounded forward a little bit more, which means stiff mid backs. So between six and 12 months, you're still doing a lot of thoracic work, mid back strengthening, upper back strengthening, um, a lot more glute work because, because of the posture, posture changes during pregnancy, you get more of an arch in the lower back, um, a little bit more lordosis. When you've given birth, the opposite tends to happen. And that's what they call mumbum, you know, when you have your pelvis tucked under. So at this point, between six and 12 months, you still want to be looking at getting your body back into neutral alignment. So getting that strong posture back, working the glutes a little bit more than maybe you usually would, um, regaining that lean tissue that you may have lost as the muscles weaken through pregnancy, and probably more mobilization. Like I found that my, my hips are a lot more stiffer, uh, as well as my thoracic, and my wrists also, again, because of the carrying. Um, so a lot more mobilization on my hips, thoracic and wrists and feet, I would say, because um, commonly after pregnancy, because we lose sight of our feet because our bump gets so big, um, foot amnesia is quite common. So reconnecting to our feet, uh, doing a lot more mobilization and connection and awareness work on our feet is also key, which again is often ignored, um, but is quite important with postpartum clients. But, you know, some, some women, it takes up to two years to get back to where they were. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Every, every woman's journey is different. And um, just be patient. Be patient with yourself. And like just those points that you went through then, and I just can't help but feel, and again, like I'm not talking as if it's fact, but I just can't help but feel, you know, uh, people can't wait to get back to high intensity interval training and doing classes four times a week, there must be so much more benefit from adopting a healthy, you know, core posterior chain. And it doesn't even need to be stuff that you're going into the gym that you can do at home, adopting a, a, a simple 30 minute regime that you do maybe two or three times a week, as opposed to going and bashing out a high intensity interval training class. Then the benefits must be like so much more from doing that, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, for my clients that I'm training, I want to make sure that their body is bulletproof before they go on to doing, you know, things that they may not have been ready for. So for instance, a pre-pregnancy routine or some Spartan races or, you know, desert warrior decathlons, um, going back on the rugby pitch, wherever they may be, I want to make sure they, their body is bulletproof first. Yeah, that's perfect. I like that answer. And I've got a name for the podcast now. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> Rihanna, I want to, I want to ask this question for you. So this is one of, she's actually one of my members. Um, but she messaged me. She was asking about, um, tips around, uh, tips for training and nutrition, like particularly cravings around, uh, you know, that time of the month, menstrual cycle, how things can fluctuate. I've just kind of reeled off then. I'm just going to be like, Hey, over to you. <laughs> okay. Well, so just like pregnancy and postpartum, it's all about working with your body and not against it. So every woman's uh, menstrual cycle is different and every woman feels different during the menstrual cycle. So um, like I would encourage women to you know, track their cycle. Um, some are short, some are long and how they, so there's plenty of apps that they can use to track their cycle, but also it's worth journaling in terms of how they feel during different parts, points of the cycle, different phases of the cycle, how their body is changing in terms of bloating, swelling, aches and pains, um, how they training is, um, how they training may differ through the phases. So, I mean, it's totally unique to, you know, um, you as a woman, but I mean, typical phases you can use for your advantage. So for instance, um, the first day of your period up until ovulation is where your estrogen hormone is the highest. So this means you feel good. This means it's a great time for making strength gains, for gaining muscle tone. Um, your body is more efficient at recovering. Then you have ovulation, which is um, a great time for setting personal records. You have an influx of hormones, your testosterone rises high, you know, you have a testosterone rise, great time for setting personal records. Then you have like that pre-menstrual period stage where, you know, your body gets quite tired, you start getting little aches and pains, you don't recover as fast, you may be bloated, you may have cravings. Um, and that's when you may want to you know, lighten the load of your weight. So be a little bit more gentle with your body, doing maybe body weight things instead or focusing on. So with my clients, we may focus on like skills and techniques. So, you know, balancing on the Swiss ball, hanging from the pull-up bar, um, doing, the, doing the crow pose, things like that. That's not so strenuous on the body. But it's, you know, you want to you wanna do it with what's in tune with your body and how your body responds. Um, so being aware of those changes and when it's best for you to have rest days or um, to be a little bit more flexible on your diet in terms of craving. I mean, because during our period, our metabolic rate is higher. So we can be more flexible and, you know, have an extra 200 calories per day, which will keep the cravings at bay. Um, you know, so it's not, it may not be a time for discipline. Um, in terms of the training, imagine like your client is bloated and swollen and is having abdominal cramps. The ability to actually activate your deep inner core muscles is going to be affected, which means you're more prone to injury, which means you're not going to, means you're not going to be as efficient lifting anyway. So, you know, things like that do need to be taken into consideration. 
Um, and you know, you can, sometimes it means having an open and honest conversation with your, with your trainer. A lot of people have trainers in Dubai. Um, and you know, deciding when is the best time for, you know, different training methods and things like that. So did I make, did I make that clear? Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. And you, you picked up that last point was something that I was going to pick up on. And I was going to say, yeah, it's kind of like, especially for like a male trainer as well. It's kind of a conversation that's probably never, never really had, but the way that you laid out the foundations of everything there, it's actually an easy conversation. It doesn't mean that you have to, it's almost just letting people know in terms of your coach maybe it's your partner those types of things i'm not saying you have to go and broadcast it over social media but just having yeah. that honest conversation to go hey do you mind if we tone things down for the next three or four days or you know can we you know i'm feeling good do you think that we can use this time to you know max out my squat or something like that and it's i guess it's just having that uh you know sharing that that knowledge that you have with the person who's there trying to help you as well. Cause ultimately that's what they're there to do. And I would actually, I would hate the thought of me trying to push someone when the time isn't right for them. And then, like you said, it leads to injury or even worse, it leads to like a breakdown of trust. Yeah, definitely. And I think as a trainer, just being aware of when um, the menstrual period is, I mean, it is an emotional time for a woman. You know, we have all sorts of mood swings. We hijack by hormones. Um, so, you know, you can, as a trainer, you can be more encouraging, um, and a little bit more compassionate, you know, as well. Um, because I mean, for me personally, I gain four to five pounds, um, during my menstrual period. So, but I am aware of that, but that could affect my confidence and be, you know, really discouraging. Um, but being aware of that is half the battle. You know, I have my preferred clothes that I like to wear during that time, my high-waisted black leggings kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, in the past, I mean, I've done 10 physique competitions. So, I mean, I've scheduled photo shoots around my menstrual period. I feel the leanest after it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a great time for me. I feel absolutely awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's different for each woman and each cycle is different. But keeping tabs on it and being it teaches you to be more bodily aware and more emotionally aware as well uh, so that you can work with yourself and, you know, um, learn what works for you in the long term. I think you've answered that really well. And I think, um, I know who it is, so I'm, I'm sh I'll follow up, but I'm sure she got um, the answers that she was looking for there. So that was awesome. I'm going to wrap it up here. Rianne, I think um, there's a whole podcast to be done on nutrition uh, through pregnancy and you know breastfeeding and that type of stuff as well so I, I think we can open this up to maybe a part two or to another conversation if you would be up for it um, but we'll yeah. leave it there today where can where can everybody find you uh, you can find me on Instagram so Rian underscore Adams underscore athlete and there are plenty of pregnancy and postpartum blogs on my website along with um, a 12-week baby and me plan so working out with your baby um, my website is www.rianadamsfitforlife.co.uk and there's plenty of information on there. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely go and check that out and I'll, I'll tag you in the show notes as well. And um, this one will be out very soon. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me.